good to see you this morning. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, don't forget the service tonight. That will be at 6 Central Time. We appreciate you being here. And uh, just make yourself at home. We're glad to see you here on Grace Baptist Church. Now, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time, Lord, to be uh, with you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you just have your will and way in the service. Help me to preach thy word. We lift up our nation to you, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you'd help our nation uh, during this tough time, Lord. Uh, I pray, Lord, that the Christians would rise up and and show, Lord, their their faith in you. And, Lord, that they can make a difference in the lives of others. Help us to be the witnesses we ought to be. Lord, help us to be that salt. Help us to be that light for your honor and glory. We pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We appreciate you being with us this morning. Uh, we'll be having the service again, like I said, tonight at 6. But we're going to go ahead and get into the service here. We're going to... Go to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, and the Bible tells us in verse number 1, And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head, and he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, For what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever this gospel shall be preached, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Now, here in, we're in chapter number 26 of the book of Matthew. Uh, the previous two chapters, we have the Olivet Discourse. Now, Matthew ch chapter number 24, we have the Lord's end-time prophecy. And then in chapter number 25, we have the Lord's end-time parables. Now, this prophecy is concerned with God's judicial dealings with mankind. The parables deal with God's judgmental dealings with mankind. Now, here in Matthew 26, we have the final events here in the life of Jesus prior to his crucifixion. Now, this is the longest chapter of Matthew in the book. We're going to preach some this morning on it, and we'll continue uh, tonight. Now, here in verse number 2, we see that the prediction of his coming crucifixion. Notice, 
It says in verse number two, and you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover and the son of man is betrayed to be crucified. Now he had previously told his disciples three other times uh, that he was going to be about his death and resurrection, that he was going to die and the third day rise from the dead. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter number 16. I want you to look at verse number 21 there. It says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elder and chief priest and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. Now if you go to Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said, said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. And then if we go to Matthew chapter number 20, Matthew chapter number 20, and verses number 18 and 19, it says there in, in chapter 20, verse 18 and 19, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. So this is the fourth time he's telling his disciples about his death and resurrection that were coming. Now here in verses number three, verses five, verses three through five, we see the religious leaders that uh, basically have conspired against the Lord. Uh, it says there in verse number three, they assembled together the chief priest and the scribes and the elders of the people into the palace of the high priest. So they're all conspiring against him. Verse number uh, four says, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. So here they are, they're planning on killing Jesus. And we must understand during this time that while they're thinking they're in control, they are not in control. Jesus is the one that's in control. Because notice, they had planned on killing Jesus. Jesus wasn't killed. Jesus gave his life for us that we might have life. And then also, they said that, you know, they didn't want him to die on the feast day. But God's plan was for Christ to be the Passover lamb. And that, of course, happened. Now, when we look here in verses 6 through 13... We have the story of Mary anointing, uh, her anointing of Jesus at Bethany. Now, there are three different passages that deal with this, and we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look there in Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9, and John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Uh, they all tell the same story. Uh, some parts are in some, and some parts are in another. Now, this one here tells us, uh, if we look at it, it says there that uh, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box. Now, this is not given her name. And her name is also not given 
given in, in the story in Mark, but in John's gospel, it says it's Mary. And it talks about her sister Martha and her brother Lazarus being there as well. So we know that it is Mary that did this. John gives us a more detailed story when we look at it about this event. Now, John's account, as I said, we learn it's Mary. And Mary's there. Lazarus is there, her sister Martha. The Bible tells us that they were at the house of Simon the leper. Now, some people have said different things about Simon the leper. Of course, we know that if, if he was living at that time, uh, why would they congregate if he was a leper? We believe that Jesus healed the leper. Because, of course, if he was a leper, no one would want to be around him. So here we see that Simon the leper was there. Uh, then also, you have to know that the, the, all the 12 disciples were there. So they had a good crowd. There may have been more that are not mentioned. We do not know. But we look at this story, and the Bible, let's, let's go to John's account. Let's go to John's account. John chapter number 11. Now, if you look at Matthew's account and Mark's account, it talks about her pouring it out on the head of Jesus. But here the Bible tells us that it says there in verse number two, and it was that Mary, which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So here the Bible is telling us that not only she put it on her on his head, but put it on his feet. And then the Bible tells us she basically took her hair. Now, a woman's hair, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, is her glory. He, she took her glory and wiped the feet of Jesus. Boy, what humility that is. Amen? And so we see her here. Uh, you know, when we think of Mary... Mary's talked about in three different stories in the Gospels. But we find her in the same place in every one of these. Now, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, we see that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. She sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word, gladly heard his word. And then in John, chapter 11, she fell down at the feet of Jesus in sorrow after her brother had died. And so we see that. And then in John chapter 12, here we see that she falls down at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him. So all three times we find Mary, we find she's at the best place that you can be. She's at the feet of Jesus. Now John chapter 12, verse number 3 says this, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. That whole house smelled of that ointment and it was a sacrifice of love. Notice it says it was very costly. It was worth 300 pence, which was approximately a rural man's wages for a whole year. Now, we believe that Mary wasn't rich, but here she had saved for the spikenard and she had it for a whole year's wages. That's how much it was worth. And 
not only was it a sacrifice of love, it was a sacrifice of faith. Why did she do it? Well, Jesus tells us in each one of these stories, Jesus said, she did it for my burial. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. And then here it says, against the day of my burying has she kept this. So she knew that Jesus would die and would raise again the third day. And so it's interesting here that disciples had been told four different times that he was going to die and on the third day he was going to rise. And yet they didn't think of what Mary thought of. And so when we look at this, we think of Mary, Mary, Mary's at the feet of Jesus. And I wonder, you know, how did she know this was going to happen? I believe Jesus told her when she was at the feet of Jesus. And so when we look at this story here, we see that, you know what? She anointed him there. The other people went to his grave and he wasn't there. So she had the privilege. Think about this. She understood the death, burial, and the resurrection of her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, better than, her own than his own disciples did. Isn't that interesting? She seized the moment here to worship the Lord. Now, look at what others thought about it. In Matthew chapter number 26, let's go back there. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to kind of flip back and forth between them. Matthew chapter number 26, verses 8 and 9. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? That word indignation means to be sore displeased. They were not happy with her doing that. And the Bible tells us here that they said it was a waste. So here in John, we learn that Judas Iscariot was the ringleader. Now, the Bible tells us here in Matthew that it talks about the disciples. Notice it says there that the disciples were the ones in verse number eight, but when his disciples saw, they had indignation. But the Bible tells us when we go to John's gospel, the Bible tells us here that when we look at this story, notice what it says here. In verse number, I lost my place here. In, oh, I'm looking at verse chapter 11, I'm sorry. Verse number 10, I'm looking at, sorry about that. Here it is, chapter number 12, I apologize. Chapter number 12, notice what it says here in verse number 4. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. He was the ringleader. He was the one that said this. Notice what it says here. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Thus he said, not that he cared for the poor, but that he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. In other words, he was the treasurer and he wasn't concerned with the poor. Now, he mentions the poor, but he wasn't concerned about the poor. He was wanting that money for himself. And so here we see the motive behind that. The, the Bible tells us that his motive was he had the bag. He was the treasurer, and he wanted that money for himself. And so when we look at this, we see that, you know what? He wasn't concerned about the poor. 
He wasn't concerned at all about the poor. He was concerned about himself. Now, I want you to look quickly at, at this verse here. He, he talks about it being a waste. We're going back to Matthew chapter 26. He talked about it being a waste. Now, that word waste there is the Greek word apolia, apolia, apolia. Now, the Greek word apolia means destruction. It means waste. It has another meaning, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Jesus now, as they're saying it's a waste, and it could have been sold to the poor, Jesus defends Mary. I want you to notice what he says here in verse number 10. Why trouble ye the woman? For yes, she hath wrought a good work unto me. For you have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done to be told for a memorial of her. So Jesus is, is defending this woman of what she did. Now I want you to notice here, she, he didn't say that the poor weren't important. He said the poor you have with you always, meaning they will always be poor people. But what he was saying is, I won't be here. It won't be long that I'll be taken up. Amen? That he would die and on the third day he would rise from the dead and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And so he was saying, this is the opportunity you have to worship me here on earth. And he said that Mary was the one that was wise enough to know this. And Mary was the one that gave all she had. Think about how long it must have took her to have enough money to buy this expensive ointment that was worth a year's wages. Think of all the effort and work she did to get that. And now she takes that whole uh, box and she breaks it open and she pours it on his head. And then she gets down at his feet and she takes her hair and she starts wiping his feet with it. That is true worship. She's given Christ all she has. Amen? And so when we look at this, it was interesting that these people were, were trying to say all these negative things and Jesus said she's going to be remembered for this. Now, you have Judas. In essence, Judas was calling this worship a waste. Now, it's interesting to note there's a verse in Scripture in John chapter 17 where Jesus calls Judas the son of perdition. Now, it's interesting to note that the word perdition in the Greek is the same word that was used for the word waste. Apolia. Apolia. The same exact word that means waste means perdition. And so when we look at this, 
Judas is saying she wasted that ointment on Jesus. And Jesus, in essence, was, in essence, was saying to Judas that he was the son of waste. His life was a waste. Think of the fact, the privilege he had of being only one of twelve that was Jesus' disciples. And that he followed them around during his earthly ministry. He had that privilege. And yet, he was lost. He wasted his life. And so, when we notice his waste, let's go back to Mary. We look at Mary, and it seems like every story she's in, as I told, the three stories we have her in, she's at the feet of Jesus. But all three times, the people around her misunderstood her. In the story when she sat at the feet of Jesus listening, listening to Jesus, the Bible says her sister Martha, she was cumbered about. She was working, trying to get everything ready, and then she starts complaining to Jesus about Martha. She misunderstood Mary. I mean, she was complaining about Mary. She misunderstood Mary. And what did Jesus say? said, Mary has chosen that good part. she done the right thing. And then the second time we see the story of Lazarus dying, her friends and family are there, and she gets up, and she's running to Jesus. She's running in sorrow to Jesus and get at his feet and just pour out her heart. But yet they think she's just going to visit the grave. And then in this story here, we see that she comes to the feet of Jesus. She pours that alabaster box over, and that just think of all that ointment just cascading down and, and getting on his feet, and then she takes her hair and wiping it, and they're saying, that's a waste. It wasn't a waste. It was worship. They, once again, misunderstood her. And so... Think about this, that these disciples, I mean, it, it's amazing to me that the disciple, now I understand Judas, he was lost. But the other ones didn't understand it too. And so when we look at this, we look at verse number 12. I want you to notice here in verse number 12, back here in Matthew 26, it says, for in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Now the word poured here is balo. Now, this is the Greek word. It means to throw or let go a thing without caring where it falls. She wasn't like closed sleeping. She just poured the whole thing on them. And so here we see that, you know, she was worshiping. And yet Judas, who's lost, said, man, that's a waste. That's a waste. That was a year's worth of wages. As I said, she, he's saying, we could have given it to the poor, but what he's thinking is, I could have that. I could have that money. I could spend that money. And you know, that's how the world looks at us today. Anything that we do, I'm talking about lost people, anything that the saved people do, they think it's a waste. I want you to think about this. 
any money, any money that we give to the church, our tithe, our offering, missions, whatever it is, the world looks at it as a waste. That's money you could use. That's money you could use and get this and get that. They don't understand. They misunderstand it. Then I think of the bus ministry. Our church is small. Our church isn't a big church. But we have a bus ministry. Now, people look at it and they could say, man, you, you waste a lot of ga money on gas and, and maintenance on the van. Boy, we've had some problems with our vans. One of them ended up burning up. But you know what? People can look and say, you know, what a waste. Look at all that money you spent on that. But can I tell you this? You can't put a price on a soul. Listen, we've had several of them bus kids come in and hear the gospel and get saved. Amen? What a blessing. You can't put a price on that. And that's what I'm saying. They misunderstood her and people misunderstand us when we give money to the church, when we give money to the ministries of the church, you know, we give money to missions. People may look at that. What a waste. Use that money in the church. No. God has told us where to do that. Amen. We're to reach the world for Christ. I can't go to Africa, but I can support someone that does. Amen. So when we look at this, a lot of times when we give anything to the church, the world looks at it as a waste. Our talents. A lot of times people will look at our talents and they'll say, man, what a waste. You know, I, I've, I've thought of a story of a singer in Canada. He was discovered by somebody and they said, boy, if you'll just come to Hollywood, if you just go with us, boy, you'll make millions. They just loved us. He's got a beautiful voice. And they were telling him, you need to come. You need to come to Hollywood. Boy, you would just make it big there because of your voice. He sat down that night and wrote, I'd rather have Jesus. That was George Beverly Shea who sang uh, at the Billy Graham Crusades all those years. They were saying he was wasting his life staying in churches. And he's saying, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Amen? And he made it, and God blessed him, and God honored him. Amen? But also, our time. When we give our time to the church, the world looks at it as a waste. When we get up Sunday and our neighbors look out, and there we are in our car going to the church, and they're thinking, what a waste. They, they could be going to the lake. They could be going to the mountains. They could be, you know, they have all kinds of things of what we could be doing. But we're going where we need to. Now, right now, because of this pandemic, it's been hard to do that. But you know what? I'm looking here and saying, you know what? There's people listening now. They're not going out doing things of the world. They're listening to the word of God. And so when we look at this, you know what? Going to church, it's not a waste. Studying your Bible is not a waste. Praying is not a waste. But the world looks at it as waste. And so when we look at this, I started to think, you know what? I expect the world to think it's a waste. But many times, other Christians think some of the things we do are a waste. 
They, they think, you know what? The mentality in a lot of churches today is, you know what? Let's, let's get as much as we can and give as little as we can. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in our churches, they're not tithers, they're tippers. When Lord has blessed them with a job and, and has given them so many things, and, and, and you know what? They don't want to tithe. They don't want to give 10%. They say, well, why can't I just give a little? You know, they'll throw in a tip. They'll throw in a couple dollars and think they're doing God a favor. Listen, that's God's money. Every dollar that I make working, it's not my money. It's God's money, but I'm to be a good steward of that money. I'm to take care of that money and use it for the glory of God. God will take care of us. Amen. What did, what did David say? The psalmist, what did he say? When he was old, what did he say? He said that he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Amen. The Lord will take care of us if we honor him. Amen. We need to honor him. Sometimes I think of this story here. The Bible tells us basically, you know, she gave everything she had. She gave everything she had. To God. And I think many times today we Christians, we get so busy, we get so wrapped up in this world that we're in the wrong place. We should be in the place where Mary was. Mary was at the feet of Jesus. That's the best place you can be. And when you're at the feet of Jesus, you're not thinking of any waste. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think she gave all. She gave all to the Lord. Now, waste is giving more than necessary. That's, in essence, what waste is. When you give more than necessary. Think about this. Can you ever give more to God than necessary? You can never give more. Anything you do for the Lord is never, ever a waste. Let's go to Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time in your word. And Lord, I first and foremost pray for that one that may be listening to the sound of my voice that has never saw themselves as a sinner, never saw Lord, the Savior, I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict their heart. They would see their need for you. And they would admit they were a sinner. And that they would ask you to come into their heart. I pray that they would do that today before it's ever too late. And Lord, I pray for the Christian. Lord, that when we look at the story of, of Mary, she didn't care what people thought. All she cared about was Jesus. And I believe a lot of times us Christians forget about that. We let the world dictate what we do and what we don't do. Lord, help us to understand that when we give our heart to you, when we give all that we have, it's an act of worship. It's an act of glorifying you. And that act may bring others to Jesus, and that's what it's all about. Help us, Lord, not to 
have the world change our view on what we give to the church, whether it be our money, whether it be our talents, whether it be our time, Lord, that we understand that we can never give more than enough. There's always room for improvement. Help us, Lord, through the Spirit, the power of the Spirit of God. Help us to give all we can for the glory of God. We pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, we hope to see you tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, I'm really missing my church family. I can't wait to that first service that we get back and we're able to worship together. Uh, just pray, Lord, for our nation. Pray, pray that this pandemic would cease to where we could get back to the houses of God. In the meantime, listen, you got more time, and many of you have more time at home than you've ever had. This is the time to spend in prayer. This is the time to spend in your Bible. This is the time we spend worshiping and praising our Savior. God bless you, and we'll see you tonight.